San Diego, California. Super Bowl 37. It is Tampa Bay versus the Oakland Raiders. Hey, Sluggo Seam! Sluggo Seam! Ready, it's it! Let's let first down 10 from the 45. Cannon pump fake looking to his right, throwing to his right. Intercepted! Dexter Jackson to the 40, to the 35, to the 50. He's to the 45. Dexter! Dexter, I told you, man! I told you, was it Sluggo Seam? Dexter! You know, you become such a tight family, really, and you've been through a lot. And your dream is to someday hoist that trophy. And right then, the realization that, that we were going to, uh, it all just hit us. The Bucks defeated the Raiders 48-21. And the defense finished with nine touchdowns on the season. The exact number Gruden said it would take to win a championship back in August. At age 39, Gruden became the youngest head coach to win a Super Bowl. You are locked on Buccaneers. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks Nation? Welcome to today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Before I sit down every weekend and get ready to take my notes and make my observations about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their latest outing against their competition, I always grab myself a tall glass of ice and a Pepsi so I can keep that thing refreshed as I get through the day and get my work ready for you guys over here on Locked On Bucks Podcast and at BucksNation.com. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi, made for football watching. I am your host for today's episode, David Harrison. James Jarko is off. Both of us cover your Tampa Bay Buccaneers for SB Nation over at BucksNation.com. You can find that on Twitter over at Bucks underscore Nation. Find the show at Locked on Bucks. And of course, follow James and I on Twitter at DHarrison82 and at JayYarko underscore Bucks. It's Thursday, so you know what that means. It's crossover Thursday here at the Locked On Podcast Network, which means your boy Q from the Locked On Raiders podcast is going to be joining me here in a moment. We're going to ask Q about as much as we possibly can about the Las Vegas Raiders so we can try and learn as much as we can about the Buccaneers' Week 7 opponent ahead of their critical Sunday night football primetime matchup, one of three straight primetime matchups for the 4-2 and two Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, this also means that I will be appearing on the Locked On Raiders podcast. So after you're done listening to this episode, head over to the Locked On Raiders podcast. Check out the questions that Q had for me and check out my answers as I let Raiders Nation in on a little bit of what the Buccaneers have in store for them in Vegas on Sunday night. But before you do that, let's get to this episode of Crossover Thursday between the Locked On Bucks and the Locked On Raiders. Your boy Q joining me from the Locked On Raiders podcast. Q, how you been? How you doing? And, and introduce yourself to the listeners. Yeah, man, doing really good. It's glad to be on the show with you, talking a little Bucks and talking a little Raiders. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm your boy Q, been hosting uh, Locked On Raiders now for a while and uh, having a great time doing it. Looking forward to a game, hopefully looking forward to a game Sunday night in primetime uh, against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Should be a fun one uh, if it gets played. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and talking about that, the news of the day, right? Coming out Wednesday is that offensive tackle Trent Brown tested positive for COVID and will miss this weekend's matchup at a minimum uh, because of it. Then on top of it all, 
because of tracing the entire starting offensive line for the Raiders and safety Jonathan Abram were held out of practice and sent away or kept away from the facility. If those guys all test negative, they can come back today on Thursday. But missing any practice is a bad thing, of course. Even worse when you're facing a suddenly hot 4-2 and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Richie Incognito is back eligible to practice, I believe, right? But didn't as he continues to nurse an Achilles injury. Uh, how confident are you, Q, that the Raiders are going to be able to put together an offensive line that can protect Derek Carr and, and help Josh Jacobs face a very tough pass rush and arguably the best rush defense in the NFL? Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not really that confident because uh, like you mentioned, Trent Brown being out and it all really comes down to and boils down to the contact tracing. And if there's uh, guys that come back negative, if guys come back uh, that they're high risk, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into play here. There might actually be a, a scenario that shakes out where the Raiders really, those guys don't really even practice until either Saturday or don't practice at all and just try to play the game on Sunday. So uh, right now, man, it's it's really up in the air and it's a tough blow because this is a Sunday night primetime game that I was really looking forward to. Raiders coming off a big win against the Chiefs and then took a bye. Uh, obviously, uh, the, the Buccaneers coming off a big win against Green Bay. So it's like, okay, who's a real, real deal team? Who's not? You know, what game might have been a fluke? What game wasn't? Not that either team is a, is a fluke, but at the same time, those are both big time wins. So uh, just kind of wanted to see them battle it out on the gridiron and really want them to be both teams at full strength. That's what you want. And uh, I just don't know if the Raiders are going to have that full strength. And if not, particularly on that offensive line, man, it could be tough sledding for Derek Carr uh, because, like you said, that pass rush of Tampa Bay is really, really strong. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So fingers crossed that they can figure this whole thing out and get I mean, the Raiders already having their bye definitely kind of uh, complicates things a little bit. The NFL can't do what they did with some of these other games. Just say, oh, you're both on a bye. We'll just do it again later because the Raiders already had their bye. Uh, Buccaneers fans, I mean, you know, other than being a primetime game coming off that Packers win, this is John Gruden and this is the Raiders. There's history here in Buccaneers fans. I've been seeing it on social media. They're excited. Some of them are in Vegas. Some of them are making the trip to Vegas, trying to do, you know, as as best the tailgate party as they can with everything going on. So this is definitely a game that Bucks Nation, Raiders Nation, I'm sure both want to see get off the ground if possible. Uh, And and Q, getting into the matchup itself, uh, the Buccaneers are the top graded team right now, according to PFF, the overall team. Aided in large part, of course, by that near-perfect performance against against the Green Bay Packers. Raiders right now are the 28th-graded team and have the lowest grade of all teams with a winning record, which is, to me, it's a little bit crazy. But So so my question for you really is, which Raiders version is the real Raiders? The PFF grade, which is lower than the one-win Eagles, Chargers, Giants, Falcons, Bengals, Vikings, and Texans. So I know every fan base feels like their team is disrespected, but man... Raiders Nation might actually be onto something with this disrespect, or is the winning record, which is currently 13th in the NFL, uh, much higher than their PFF grade, the real Raiders? Yeah, you know, I, I look at PFF and I like it, and I kind of say, you know, it's the end. It's not the end all be all. Uh, sometimes those numbers uh, they're skewed to look a certain way, and, and I kind of feel like, hey, you know, uh, it is what it is. Sometimes it looks good, and I think that every fan base likes to talk about it when PFF uh, says that your team is doing something really, really positive. Uh, those those numbers, uh, you know, whatever is whatever. You know, it, at the end of the day, it comes down to wins and losses. And I know right now the Raiders are sitting in second place in the AFC West, so it's kind of like to me, and this is just my opinion. Uh, PFF numbers be damned. Uh, just go out there and play your play your game, play what you got to do, uh, and, and go out there. And, and you know, you know, you know what's got to get done. You got to play defense. You got to score on offense. You got to do really well in the special teams and kicking game. Coaches have to be on point. I mean, the NFL is a tough place to play. It's a tough win each and every week. Depending, doesn't matter who who you are. You know, uh, there's no easy games in my opinion in the NFL. It's a week to week league. Uh, so 
Yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's some truth to it. I mean, it's not like it's just some number that they threw against the wall. Uh, but ultimately, man, the Raiders have found ways to win games and tough games and have played a very tough schedule so far uh, through the first five games that they played this year. So uh, I just kind of look at it and take it with a grain of salt and realize that, hey, this team is getting better, uh, especially as they get healthy and they have their guys back. The problem is going back to the earlier conversation we were having about COVID-19 and Trent Brown going down. They're not going to have all their guys back. Trent Brown being out is a big, big deal for the Raiders. He is your boy Q, the Locked On Raiders podcast. I am David Harrison, the Locked On Bucks podcast. We're talking about Sunday Night Football, Week 7, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Las Vegas Raiders. And we're doing that for you thanks to sponsors like Rock Auto. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts? at a chain store or a new car dealership. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, while rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and specifications and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Back now to continue this crossover Thursday episode. David Harrison and your boy Q from the Locked On Bucks and Locked On Raiders podcast. Uh, my co-host James is a little bit more harsh about them than I am, but I think you and I are pretty much on the same track. <laughs> what I like PFF for, though, is some of the stats that they track that some other people don't. And again, some of those are, are, are uh, subjective, you know what I mean, right. to, to, the, to the analyst that's observing the game. But something that I found interesting is they were credited with 32 pressures against Patrick Mahomes. And of course, that's individual defenders. So if there's two guys getting pressure on Pat Mahomes in one snap, that counts as two, so just put it all in context for people. Um, but that accounts for 43% of their pressures for this entire season. Uh, meanwhile, the Buccaneers have only allowed 55 pass rush pressures this year, which is less than 10 per game. And again, if you if you were to, to move those numbers, the numbers that the Raiders had against the Chiefs would account for almost 60% of what the Buccaneers have given up this year. So what was that spike in the quarterback pressure against the Chiefs this uh, two weeks ago? And is that something that they can maintain and, and uh, replicate moving on in the season? That's the big question, and that's the hope. You know, Raider fans want them to be able to continue to do that. That was honestly, in my opinion, their best game defensively. Uh, it might have been their best overall game period of the season, you know, and the defense has been a struggle. It's been the Achilles heel. Uh, they've had moments where they're good, and, and even in the game against Kansas City, hell, they gave up 24 points in the first half, but they did really good and clamped down in the second half, and uh, they did. They made Patrick Mahomes run around and, and uh, you know, avoid a lot of traffic and a lot of pressure, and look, they got three sacks on them. That was the most sacks that they've gotten in any game, and I know that's nothing coming, uh, you know, for a Tampa Bay for someone who covers Tampa Bay saying, you know, Tampa Bay just had five against Aaron Rodgers, but uh, the Raiders got three sacks on Patrick Mahomes. He ran around, and uh, I think he ran for a 1,000 something yards uh, a couple weeks ago, just trying to avoid uh, a pressure. And Max Crosby ran for over 1,400 yards uh, uh -huh. trying to get him. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there was a lot of cat and mouse. There was a lot of chase of Patrick Mahomes, and he's just so damn good that that he was able to get out of a lot of pressure. But uh, that was definitely the most pressure they put on, on the team, and they've got to figure out how to continue to do that. I think, personally, it's just my gut feeling that they kind of, the defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther, and, and Rob Marinelli, defensive line coach, I think they kind of simplified stuff. It, it made it look like those guys weren't out there thinking and they were just out there playing, and you could tell that they were a lot faster. So uh, one of my biggest keys for this game coming up on Sunday 
has been all week that they've got to be able to get some pressure on Tom Brady like that because, one, he's not going to run around like Patrick Mahomes. Right. He's either going to get the ball out of his hand really quickly or he's going to take a sack. And, uh, you know, he's got to put a lot of pressure on him, uh, you know, try to make him make a mistake here or there. Uh, the only thing is that the offensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is pretty stinking good. And like you said, hasn't allowed a whole lot of pressure. So it's going to be, uh, you know, a chess match. Who's going to who's going to play their assignments better? Is, is it the Raiders or is it going to be the uh, Tampa Bay offensive line? To win this game for the Raiders, they're going to have to get uh, some pressure. It might not have to be the same exact pressure they got on Mahomes, but they're going to have to be able to get back there and at least make uh, Tom Brady a little uncomfortable. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I would go on record saying that three sacks against Patrick Mahomes is a little bit more impressive than five against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> so kudos to that Raiders defense for being able to do that. Going over to the offensive side of things, Josh Jacobs is about as consistent a running back as they come. Uh, Derek Carr, however, his stock with the team seems to be a roller coaster at best, maybe a loop-de-loop sometimes if, if you if you follow it uh, from a distance like we do. What's the general feeling about uh, Derek Carr, who I think has quietly played his way to the second-best QBR among starting quarterbacks in 2020? I think that it's, you know, it's on a roller coaster and it's loop-de-loop, like you said, if you're from a distance. I don't think anyone who's close to the, the Raiders and close to the program uh, has any doubt that that uh, Derek Carr is a starting quarterback. And uh, if John Gruden didn't want him, he wouldn't be there. You know, I mean, and he's in his third year now under Gruden and he obviously gets the offense. He's got weapons around him. Uh, you saw a couple of weeks ago when they played the Chiefs. Uh, how how much Henry Ruggs and that speed really meant to the offense and were able to open things up. Of course, they got Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Uh, Nelson Aguilar has been a really good pickup. So a lot of weapons there for Derek Carr to throw the ball to. Probably a game that he's going to have to throw the rock a little bit more than he wants to because uh, the run game is not going to be as effective or it probably won't be as effective because Tampa Bay is so stinking good at, at stopping the run. Uh, but I just think that Derek Carr is going to have to be a surgeon like he's pretty much been uh, throughout the year. Does he have moments? Absolutely. That, you know, you kind of scratch your head and say, what in the world was that? But I think that pretty much every quarterback in the league does that. Uh, he's got a pretty good understanding of this uh, John Gruden offense. And you can see when he's got some good pieces around him and he's able to be protected, that he could do some good things in this offense. So uh, with the healthy Henry Ruggs out there, Nelson Aguilar with that speed, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, I think some good things are coming for the offense. Uh, it's just, again, the protection is going to have to be uh, is going to be key. Number one for me. Yeah, I think Buccaneers fans who have been around a little while know that uh, when John Gruden is done with a quarterback, he finds a way to find a different quarterback to move on to. So they can definitely relate to that. Um, going back to Josh Jacobs, though, team after team have trotted out talented running backs like Jacobs against this Buccaneers defense and then left the game usually extremely frustrated. Even the Green Bay Packers rushing attack last last week got 94 yards, I want to say, total. On I think 21 carries, but if you take away the 25 and 20 yard chunk plays that AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams got, you end up you're in, you're left with about 19 carries for about 40 something yards. So really not a productive running day for that Packers team. Uh, can the Raiders break this trend? I mean, because looking at you know football outsiders again, looking at grades and evaluations are always subjective, uh, but they run their best it seems to the left side. The Bucks are best up the middle defensively, and then a close second for their defense is stopping runs to the left side of the offensive formation. So it seems almost like Buccaneers run defense strength versus Raiders run offense strength. In this case, usually the Bucs defense comes out of that victorious. What do the Raiders have to do to make or to flip the table uh, this time around? You know, I think what they're going to attempt to do instead of trying to run the ball to set up the pass like they normally do under John Gruden, I think they're going to try to pass the ball to set up the run later on. 
I mean, I really do. And it's kind of going back to what they did week two against the Saints on Monday Night Football. Uh, they, they were able to do that because the Saints' uh, run defense is pretty sticking good as well. And so uh, you knew it was going to be tough sledding for Josh Jacobs and company. But uh, obviously, John Gruden uh, is going to, you know, he's going to still want to run the ball. and He's going to still give Jacobs his opportunity. He's going to give Devontae Booker his opportunity. He's going to give Alec Ingold his opportunities. I mean, he's going to uh, allow the running backs to still run and, and hope that offensive line could get some good pushes. Uh, it's going to be one of those things like, hey, you know, everyone in the stadium knows you want to run the ball. Uh, we're going to show that we can still run the ball. I mean, that's going to be the, you know, that's going to be the the mantra of John Gruden, but it's just how does he set it up? That That's going to be the big question. Me personally, I think he's going to set up the or throw the ball first. Uh, so maybe some even quick, you know, wide receiver screens that are basically like glorified runs just to try to loosen things up along the line of scrimmage, maybe spread the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, defensive line out just a little bit and, and make it a little bit more difficult or make them think a little bit, uh, maybe slow them down just a, just a, a quick, you know, a quick second or two. And then, uh, you know, try to go back to the run and maybe pound it a little bit later. If the Raiders have their full offensive line, which they're not going to because Trent Brown's not going to be there. But if they have the majority of their offensive line, they still usually do a pretty good job of running the ball uh, because they do like to block downhill and they are really good uh, crew uh, right there up, up front. But uh, again, it's just going to be tough sledding. So it's going to be a real good, as far as I'm concerned, not a not a checkers match, but a chess match, which most NFL games are. But this one's really going to be a chess match of who's going to win down in the trenches. All right, guys, one more segment coming up here in this crossover Thursday episode between the hosts of the Locked On Bucks and the Locked On Raiders podcast. Stick around because I'm going to take Q down this statistical rabbit hole that I went through, went down myself, and see if he can help sort it out with a little bit of Raiders context. But before we got to get to that, we got to talk again about our title sponsor, Pepsi. This football season, of course, is going to be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Again, go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi, made for football watching. Segment three here on today's crossover Thursday episode, David Harrison, the Locked On Bucks podcast, joined by your boy Q of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Kind of the classic uh, tactic really against aggressive defenses. Use a screen, maybe some draw plays, use a quick pass game to try to loosen them up a little bit. And then sometimes, I mean, so for our listeners, the, the beginning of this episode, Q, started with a little bit of a clip of John Gruden winning the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And one of the classic plays from that Super Bowl is John Lynch calling out a sluggo route coming to Dexter Jackson, the safety, because the Raiders were using John Gruden's offense against his defense in the Super Bowl. So my co-host and I have kind of speculated off air a little bit, and I'm kind of wondering if John's not going to try to hit that sluggo route against the Buccaneers. It's a classic route in Buccaneers history for that reason. So I can't, I almost think that he's going to try to hit that quick. And if they get that quick passing game going, and one of these young DBs bites on that slant part of that sluggo, it could, it could be off to the races for a guy like Henry Ruggs. I'll but switch it over to a player that Buccaneers fans know in their history because when Jameis Winston was drafted, there was argument between which is the quarterback to take, Jameis or Marcus Mariota. Marcus is back off the IR now. Not listed on the first injury report of the week, so it seems like everything's probably going well for him to potentially be active uh, this week if they decide to. So I think the question has to come there. Is there a Taysom Hill role for Mariota given how old school John Gruden tends to trend, or at least that's the opinion uh, from folks outside the Raiders right now? He does have two receptions to his name in the National Football League, both of them for 20 more, twenty yards or more. Uh, and we know he can run the ball. 
So do you think Mariota has a role in this offense? And is are we going to see that as early as this weekend? That's a good question. It's something that I've been asking myself as well. You know, the uh, the Raiders, they, they're trying to get as, as creative as possible offensively. John Gruden said he has a lot of plays in his playbook. He just has to have the players that execute it. You know, and uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. was a guy that the Raiders drafted in the third round out of Kentucky. He was supposed to be their gadget guy. He was supposed to be their Wildcat quarterback, their running back slash, you know, a slot receiver slash whatever, just basically a weapon offensively. Well, he didn't make it out of training camp. They ended up trading him to Miami just because, well, he just wasn't going to cut it. So I kind of look at the versatility and the athleticism of a Marcus Mariota. I don't think he's going to be a guy John Gruden's going to have Derek Carr throw the ball to, but I definitely could see him being used in like a a, a package down near the goal line just to put another athlete on the field, maybe, uh, you know, use his legs a little bit, but also has a capability of throwing the ball. I could see that happening. I'm actually hoping in that that that, that happens uh, just to kind of open things up a little bit. But, you know, again, he really just got activated, just got his first day of practice in on Wednesday. So really have no idea if he would be available even as soon as Sunday or if he's going to be the backup quarterback, if he's going to be the third string quarterback. Really don't have any idea. And I don't know if the Raiders know just yet, just because I don't think that they know what they got from him. I mean, he's been injured basically the whole time he's been there. So uh, I think they may just kind of slow play it with them. And this might not be the way the week that they uh they use him for anything, uh, but I would I would be interested. I would be excited. Matter of fact, if they did, I think that they should. But again, that's just me spitballing and talking about what I would like to see and what I think they should see, not necessarily what we're going to see. Right. And I know uh, fellow Locked On Podcast Network host Lauren Cox of the Locked On Bears podcast has gone on record saying he hopes that the, the Bears offense might find a way to use Mitchell Trubisky's athleticism in that offense, along with Nick Foles. Uh, yet to see that happen, of course. So we'll, we'll see how the coach staff in, in Vegas there decides to address that whole situation. Um, a quick Buccaneers question for you, Q, and then I've got one more question for you after that that's going to kind of go down a little bit of a rabbit hole that I may need you to pull me out of. Uh, but first one, the quick one, which Buccaneer not named Tom Brady scares you the most in this game? One on offense, if you don't mind, and one on defense as well. Man, I think on defense, I'd probably have to say either Devin White or, or uh, Levante David. I think those linebackers are playing really well. Uh, matter of fact, those are a couple of guys that I'm going to ask you about in just a little bit. So those would probably be the guys I would say defensively uh, for for Tampa Bay. And then um, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones has been uh, doing a really good job from the running back position uh, for Tampa Bay, especially the last few games uh, going over 100 yards. I, I think that that's really the reason why they drafted him in the begin with. And I know he got off to kind of slow starts. Maybe uh, Leonard Fournette. And this is another question I was going to ask you. Maybe the arrival of Leonard Fournette has kind of lit a fire under him. But uh, they got that, uh, that that run game cooking and that that could be a that could be a backbreaker, man. If you can keep that uh, offense on the field for a long time, Derek Carr can't can't score from the sidelines. No, absolutely. And I'm, I'm really happy to hear you bring up Rojo. I'm glad that he's getting some recognition outside of Tampa because I know Buccaneers fans are excited about what he's doing. We here at the Locked on Bucks podcast are excited about what Rojo has been doing, hoping to see it continue, obviously, this weekend against the Raiders. All right, Q, lastly, I'm going to go down the rabbit hole here. Um, so like a lot of people, uh, well, I don't know how many people, but I think a lot of people, I like to use stats to kind of lead me into uh, the context of the game, right? And and going through the Raiders, I, I kind of charted, you know, how their offense has been doing week to week. The defense has been doing week to week. Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs. And like I said, I mean, a lot of it's really kind of consistent. There's not a whole, there's not a really big difference in the losses and the wins that they have this year where you, with some teams you can point to them and say, okay, well, it's like the, the Green Bay Packers every, every week leading into this, into the, into last week's matchup against the Buccaneers, there was a very profound, very uh, stated rushing attack advantage for the Packers versus their opponent. So I came into it and said, this is probably something that we need to look for. And there you go. The Buccaneers dominated the run game, uh, both on their side of the ball and the Packers side of the ball, come out with the victory. 
But I couldn't find that with the Raiders. And then I stumbled upon Henry Ruggs the third. And I don't mean stumbled upon him as in I didn't know him because obviously I know him. But here's some stats, Q. With Henry Ruggs in the lineup, the Raiders are undefeated and scoring 36 points per game. Without him, they've yet to win. Fortunately, they have him this weekend, right? And they're scoring 21 and a half points per game. It's almost a 15-point drop without Henry Ruggs in the lineup. So I'm expecting, okay, so this passing offense is probably really more electric with this with this guy in the lineup, right? And you're and that's what I found to a, to a certain extent. However, with Ruggs, seven passing touchdowns without him, two passing touchdowns. So there you see a little bit of the of the of what you expect to see. However, 7.5 yards per attempt without him, 8.8 with him, not that big of a difference there. The rushing attack, however, with Ruggs in the lineup, 131 yards per game on average on the ground, 106 yards on the ground without him. Six rushing touchdowns for the for the Las Vegas Raiders with rugs in the lineup. No rushing touchdown so far this season without rugs in the lineup. It gets better. In the red zone, with rugs in the lineup, the Raiders are 75%. Without him, they're 44%. Third down, there is a 55% success rate for the Raiders with rugs, 48% without him. So is Henry Ruggs the key to this entire operation? I mean, yeah, speed kills, you know what I mean? And you got to respect that speed and you can't come down in the box. You can't, you know, uh, tighten up on someone else. You've got to know that, hey, where this guy's at at all times and he could be used in a variety of ways. And look, he hasn't even really been force fed the ball yet. I mean, he just he gets the ball when he gets the ball. And uh, he just came up with his first uh, career touchdown just last last time the Raiders played when against Kansas City. Uh, but I mean, hell, he had two catches for like 118 yards. You know, I mean, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good average right there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that speed really opens things up. And that is the key to the, the Raiders offense. Uh, Josh Jacobs is the engine that makes it go. But having it spread out a little bit, having, like I said, the box loosened up a little bit allows Josh Jacobs to have a better opportunity to run. It allows guys like Hunter Renfro to be able to get loose. Uh, Darren Waller doesn't get as much attention. Yeah, uh, Henry Ruggs is a major, major factor. Uh, Again, speed is something is one of the few things that you just can't teach in the league. Either you got it or you don't. And with him on the field, the Raiders got it. Without him, I mean, they, they do in Nelson Aguilar, but I don't think as many people really respect Nelson like they respect Henry Ruggs, even though they're starting to respect Nelson because, well, he's got three touchdowns on the season and is really kind of uh, getting his second life uh, with the Raiders coming over from the Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, those two guys really are, are the speedsters right now for, for the Raiders, and they open things up. And so, yeah, uh, Henry Ruggs, uh, he's doing a really good job in his rookie year. Just got to keep him healthy and keep him on the field. Yeah, man, that, and that, that pretty much says it all. Just his presence alone is obviously having an impact, whether it's in red zone conversions, third down conversions, or just keeping the defense from, from crowding the box too much against a guy like Josh Jacobs when they're in the short end of the field. Um, Q, appreciate your time as always. I'm really glad that our audience is getting a chance to sit down with you and listen to all the insight you have about the Las Vegas Raiders. One thing real quick before we wrap this up, though, I do want to try to direct our listeners. Uh, you guys know, Locked on Bucks listeners, you guys know that James and I do tend to get personal time to time and kind of give our thoughts on what whatever's going on in life, society, the world, as, as it as it pertains to what we think you guys want to listen to. An amazing episode dropped last Thursday uh, by by Q um, during the Raiders by weekends titled Don't Allow Yourself to Be in Quotes Just a Q. I want to thank you personally for sharing that story with your audience. And then the lesson I've heard some of the voicemails you've gotten and the text messages you've gotten from your listeners. And I agree wholeheartedly with everything they say. So Bucks Nation, Listen, I don't even care if you don't like the Raiders. Go listen to that episode. It's going to make you a better human being. So, Q, I want to thank you personally for that. And then let Bucks Nation know where they can find you because anybody who wants to be smart about football should be listening to your show. 
Yeah, no doubt, man. I appreciate that. I'm glad that you, uh, you know, got got something good out of that. And, and that's basically what I've been saying is that I just hope that it can help even one person. And if it does, then, you know, I've done my job. So, yeah, you can check me out. I'm always on Twitter at your boy Q254. I always tweet out the episodes. Uh, uh, matter of fact, every a bunch of times a day, I'll tweet out the episodes of the show Locked on Raiders. Uh, also do ESPN Central Texas noon to three. Uh, Central Time and then uh, Raider Nation Radio 920, 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, Central Time as well. Uh, so, yeah, I stay busy. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm glad you enjoyed that episode. And I appreciate you uh, mentioning it. Absolutely. Hugh. appreciate your time. Great conversation there with your boy Q. Great information and insight into the Las Vegas Raiders and what the Buccaneers can expect this Sunday night in week seven as they go out there trying to get their fifth win of this 2020 NFL season. James Jarko and I will be back tomorrow to put our final thoughts on this pre on the pregame festivities, give you our bold predictions, our key matchups. And of course, we're going to pick winners and we're going to give you the scores of what's going to go down Sunday night in Las Vegas, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Las Vegas Raiders. Until then, if you're out and about, please be safe, be healthy, be good to one another. Thank you so much for joining me right here at Locked on Bucks.